This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Double Tap Canada. Hello, 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 and welcome to Double Tap Canada. Yes, this is the technology show that seems to be allowed to come back each and every week. AMI just keeps letting us on the air, and we keep showing up. I'm not quite sure why, but this week, you might have noticed, I am not Stephen Scott, no. I am Tim Schwartz, and I am hosting the show this week. And with me, let me see here, I've got to make sure I get this right off the script. I have the amazing, the wonderful, the talented editor extraordinaire, Sean Priest. Thank you, Tim. That's correct. Well read. That, that's what it says. Uh, let me see what it says about the, the, the other co-host this week. We have the incredible, the infamous, the award-winning producer, co-host, host extraordinaire, Stephen Scott. Who wrote this stuff? Me. Uh, because, you know, that's what happens uh, when you're the host. Uh, but not this week, because it's all on you. <laughs> it is all on me, so we will see how this goes. Uh, this should be a very interesting episode, but I'm not quite sure I like the script so far. This is a little interesting, but, but we'll let's see Let's go off script. Yeah, let's go off script. No, 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 no off script. Roll that up, throw uh, that against away. Against that, boo. Yeah, Bad. Throw that script out. Anyway, welcome, everyone. This is Double Tap. <laughs> this is the technology show where... If you're blind or visually impaired, or even if you're not, we might have a thing or two that we can share with you. And uh, no, 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 never mind that. Never mind the might. sighted folk. Never mind. Never them. mind the sighted folk. Okay. No, no, never mind them. Can I distance myself from this intro? I let that everyone. <laughs> we're all inclusive. Welcome to Double Tap Tim. Canada. Oh yeah, yeah, we're all inclusive. Right, never mind. Sorry, Tim. On you go. Uh, yes, we well we attempt to be inclusive. Uh, that's also what it says in the script and in our contracts, I believe. Anyway, uh, welcome to the show. You can get in touch with us each and every week feedback at ami.ca and give us your thoughts about the show i don't know if you want to give thoughts about this one in particular uh although we do have some amazing emails coming up we're actually going to share those here in the first half of the show so we can get those out of the way and uh those might Ooh. lead to other things coming up later in the show correct Stephen? get by the way that was a bit get harsh. by the way yeah that's that's nice yeah that's it cut, cutting fever yeah <laughs> I say that, but people will understand when we get to those later, because uh, I didn't really mean it in such a negative connotation. No, listen, do you know what, Tim? You're right. You're absolutely right, because uh, what what people will realize at the end of this program is that Sean and I are made of the evil, and you are the good. Um, that's kind of generally how it works. I think people are going to realize that by the end of this show. No, listen, I'm enjoying it so far. This is great, because I've got my feet up here, and I haven't had to do anything for the show this week. Mm. So it's been absolutely brilliant and if i hear one of you say what you mean like usual then that's it you're all hosting next i week. didn't say a word i was so tempted nope, to but i didn't, I didn't say, say a anything. word but uh, anyway so we have that coming up here in just a moment i'm just going to skirt right past it and uh we have a lot of things about home assistant so i know that's going to intrigue sean a lot of things that are going on in the home assistant world and also a few things that came up on global accessibility awareness day last week of course as we're going on the air or getting off the air, all these announcements are coming out the day of our show, and we have to wait a whole week to talk about them. So I think that that's a, a good place that we should start off is pick up where we left mm. off with Global Accessibility Awareness Day and Microsoft, guys. So a couple of things that have come out in this last week, Microsoft has made some updates. They have the uh, May update for Windows 10 coming. And again, once again, they're not forgetting about us. 
They're adding accessibility to Microsoft Paint, adding keyboard shortcuts and narrator support. What do you guys think about this? Amazing. Right. Let me throw Stephen under the bus straight away because he (laughs) hates this story and finds no positives in it whatsoever. But look, Microsoft do it again when it comes to accessibility. They are making paint, a painting program, a graphics program on Windows accessible. Now, how is that going to work? How is that implemented? I don't know. It's got full keyboard support now, so you can draw. I'm thinking Etch-a-Sketch. Maybe I'm old and people don't know that, but <laughs> you can basically... You, well, you use the keyboard to, to draw. I, I don't know how that's going to work. please but... don't shake your monitors to clear the, the screen. <laughs> that's right. That's your delete key is shake yes. the monitor violently. <laughs> but I think this could be something for people with some vision or low vision. This might intrigue some people. Yeah, I think that's the point, isn't it? Yeah, I think for, for people with low vision, although it's interesting with the, the narrator building, because that does suggest it's it's for people who've got no vision. Um, I kind of I do desperately want to hate this story uh, because I kind of think, well, not that I, I hate the idea. I think anything that can be made accessible and that these companies are trying to do, then we should praise that. Absolutely. And well done, Microsoft, for this. I just wonder how I would use it. I kind of want someone to tell me. I want someone to email in and say, actually... Do you know what, Stephen? You're a complete idiot. Um, I mean, I get that a lot anyway, yep. but this time Stay around... Stay tuned for the emails. But this this time just around <laughs> we'll Microsoft there. Paint. Um, because I, I think, well, how would... I, I mean, Tim, come on. How would you use this? You can't see anything at all. What are you going to use Paint Ooh, for? That was harsh as well. Wow. Unbelievable. How, how sightest of you? Is that a word? I don't even know. What, <laughs> Can I how blindest of you? Um, blindest, yeah. Yeah. I mean, back in the day when I had some vision, I did use Paint to create very simple... Uh, pictures or simple graphics, just little little things to put on websites. Nowadays, uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure how I would use it. It would be very blocky and uh, I would have to have somebody looking over my shoulder to make sure I'm doing it correctly. So yeah, if you're totally blind, I, I get it. There there may not be much of a use case. Again, if we're wrong, please someone email us and let us know. But yeah, I but think- That's the point though, isn't it? Because they're, they're bringing in these narrator tools, which means that, you know, I mean, let's be honest about it. People with almost or very little useful vision will use narrator. That's what it's for. It's a screen reader. So if you're bringing in that implementation, you're expecting, I imagine, blind people to use it. That is where things, I guess, do get interesting. It's probably one of those things like, I remember, if if we were zooming back to 2007, uh, and I say, oh, they've brought out this flat screen uh, glass phone, and we're expected to use it as blind people. I'd be kind of saying the same thing, and now it's like, you know, I can't put the thing down. So maybe I'll... I'll... Eat your words. Exactly right. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. they're trying it, and maybe it will be amazing, and the way they implement it will be something that no one's ever thought of. It's great. When's this, when's this coming? Is it, is it in the next build of Microsoft, or is it a separate app? It is in the next build before the end of the month, oh. in the May build, yes. So, yeah, I'm going to be interested to see how this works. It may just be something as simple as narrator will more easily speak the labels on buttons or tell you about the the different menus and things like that. And for someone with low vision, that still may be helpful because instead of having to use Zoom to zoom around to see those things and then maybe get out of Zoom to get back to the palette to whatever you're drawing or creating – you know that may be beneficial to hear those menus or those buttons spoken out so that that could be a benefit I, i'm i'm not sure if it's going to go as far as maybe narrator telling you about what you're creating no. I, I don't know that it'll be that smart i mean they are working on a lot of ai and ar but i don't know that it'll go that far to be able to say 
you've placed this, you know, over top of this other thing that you did, and I, I, I doubt it's going to be I that. I think it's... he's drawn a cow. Yeah. Yes. That's very good, dear. Well done. I'm very yes. proud of you, she'll say. Oh, you drew a nice painting, <laughs> yes. But look, aside from painting and drawing on it, of course, there's, there's other usage for resizing images or changing format. So That's there true. are other uses that you don't need any vision for. So there may be some use from that aspect. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I've done that a lot in the past where I've wanted to change formats from one thing to another or, or resize a, a graphic. So yeah, from that standpoint, upgrading paint to work with you know keyboard shortcuts and narrator, I think is, is a really good idea. And really, even outside of our little box of visual impairment, just upgrading paint in general is just so long overdue. This is a an app that I think, or I had thought was completely forgotten. So it's interesting to see that they're finally putting some time into those. I remember when all of the changes were made and Windows 10 came out, and I remember them talking about, Microsoft this is, talking about monetizing a lot of these apps. And I remember I think Paint was one of them, where they would bring these apps out, but you would sort of pay for a premium experience with it. And all that seems to have gone to the, well, by the wayside completely almost. And now they're focusing Good. on, ex- yeah, absolutely. But it's, it seems to be a real start change. And of course, at that time, we weren't hearing a lot about accessibility. Now we are. So... I think it's actually really good the way that this has kind of worked out. I mean, and, and I think it's probably the toolbox approach. Paint, like you say, Sean, and that's a really good point about resizing images and all that. But then if you could use the seeing AI feature they're building into Narrator, where you can identify what an image is, um, it's not perfect, but, you know, it, it, will, it will get there over time. And then you're able to take that image and then do what you want with it. I mean, you think about Twitter, Facebook, if you're creating a YouTube video, you want to have graphics. I think one of the biggest problems we have when we're putting articles up on Double Tap, yeah, we still do that, guys, um, <laughs> but when we put those up on Double Tap online, um, you know, finding the right image is very difficult. And I've had friends of mine, I often have to pull in a pair of eyes to say, what's that image? Is it any good? Is it of the thing? You know, is it of a you know, an app that I'm particularly looking for, or is it, you know, because what I don't want is an image that is entirely inappropriate, and I don't realize it, and, you know, it appears on the front page of our website. But I think also that you get images that you might get the image you're looking for, but it's really pixelated, because when you make the picture larger, you know, because it's not a certain size, whatever, you know, it just looks terrible. Um, That's one of the things I often find really difficult about trying to work with images generally, but it's even worse now. So, you know, I'm not saying this would yeah. help in that instance, but it would help you, for example, if you want to resize an image for Twitter or for Facebook or whatever. So, no, that's this. Okay, all right. I, I, I'm intrigued. That's what I'm saying. I'm intrigued. Oh, well, that's, that's an upgrade to what yes, you were before. I'm so glad that you're intrigued. But no, I Hateful. think you're right. It's, it's good that Microsoft Hateful. has kept a certain uh, line of their products free and making them accessible. So you have notes still, or even WordPad, mm. and then Paint, of course. So you have those simple things, but then they still do have the Office 365, and they have all those things you can pay for if you want more advanced features. So I, I think they have gone to a certain premium pay service, but keeping things like paint mm-hmm. or yeah. notes and or word, even WordPad for that matter free and just part of Windows 10, I think that's fair. I think that's smart because they give you at least some basic functionality. If you want more in-depth advanced features, you have to pay for it. Right, I'm bored now. What else? 
Oh, boy, there's just no pleasing you, Mr. Scott. Jeez. All right. Well, in more Microsoft news, before we get on to the emails, Microsoft on Global Accessibility Awareness Day also announced that they're investing even more money, more millions and millions of dollars into seven different startup companies that deal with accessibility. So these could be apps. These could be uh, other other devices. They mention in their blog, Sean, you and I were reading this earlier today, they, they mention visual impairment, but they don't really go into a lot of detail about it. No, that's right. So that's this is part of the five-year plan of um, grants. $25 million, I think it is. They're, they're granting out to various startup companies and other companies. They're giving people access to, let me try and say this one, is it the Azure? Azure, yep. Yep, that's their own cloud computing uh, system. So um, it's all to do with artificial intelligence and companies that are using artificial intelligence to help people with disabilities. There are a couple of examples that they gave of a uh, a cap that could monitor people for if they're going to have some sort of epileptic fit or something like that, and a wristband um, that could help people control the mouse uh, for people with motor problems. So, And visual impairment was another one that was mentioned, but there was no specifics about that. But yeah, again, look, it's just Microsoft showing their commitment to accessibility and this was awarded to companies all over the world there was a university here in the uk in birmingham one in sydney one in new york uh, just all over the place and again you can there's just nothing bad to say about microsoft on, on this front okay wow <laughs> Stephen, you have any thoughts about microsoft investing all this money yeah it's great well done. He's not the best host in the business for nothing. All right. Well, so, you know, oh, I mean, what, what do you want me to say? You want me to say this is a terrible idea. You know, I think that, you know, spending money on, on making life better for all of us is bad. I can't do that. So, no, I, I think it's good. Yeah. Well done, Stephen. Well done. Award winning. Yes, award-winning <laughs> producer and host Stephen Scott there. As I said, coming up later in the show, we've got a lot of other things we're going to get to. We've got Amazon News, Google News, all kinds of different things. Sean has been playing more with his Android phone and loving it, I think. Oh, it's and, great. Uh, Android. Yeah. woo Yeah, later in the show, he's going to talk to us about an app he's found called SuperSense and its ability to identify different objects. But first, before we get to all that, Stephen, I understand our inbox has been... Uh, well, it's, I don't want to say it's been blowing up with numerous messages, but it has been blowing up in a way. Yeah, don't sell it too much. Um, yeah, so uh, we've got uh, Greg in Pennsylvania who's been in touch. Uh, I kind of thought Greg would be in touch uh, following a couple of emails we've had. Yes, um, I had a feeling. Actually, two from Greg that I want to get to. But the first one he asks, and this is just perfect timing, Greg. He says, can you review the new Android app for the blind developed by MIT called SuperSense? Yes, we can. Your wish is my command, Greg. As Tim just said, I will be taking a look at SuperSense a little bit later on. All right, anything else we have from Greg? Yes, uh, Tim, indeed. Uh, an email continues from Greg that says, I've just heard your latest show and a listener's comments concerning comments I made considered less than complimentary. This was following an email by Billy last week who had got in touch. Uh, he said, so I wanted to stress... 
that while I have been very critical of some things on your show, I also think it is informative, entertaining, and a valuable resource. As a curmudgeon well into my 70s with a 50-year career fighting for accessibility and assistive technology, I am fully aware that having been assigned the role of the squeaky, uh, squeaky wheel, I am more than a little bit prickly. When I first started with computers, we were using IBM punch cards, and the change made through my life has been amazing, wow. and I hope amazing. I know amazing advances forward are still to come. I am proud of Stephen for sharing and addressing my complaints about some show content. A lot of work by many people are involved in the legislation and litigation that forced Amazon and Google Chromebook to comply with U.S. education requirements. And Stephen responding to my criticism and reevaluating Chromebook and, accessib- and Android accessibility has been great. I've also been at odds with the show over specialised tech, which I consider extremely valuable and necessary for future innovation. Because I so highly respect Stephen and company and consider the program a valuable resource for the VI community, I continue to be I will continue to be critical when I feel the air. I will try my utmost to do so in a more positive tone, despite it being at odds with my caustic old man personality. Keep up the good work, guys. Caustic. It's great email. Caustic. He should be uh, you should be best friends, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we're alike. I think that's the whole point. I think that is yes, but no, I think that's a really a really good uh, email from Greg. And you know what? We've talked about this on air. We've all three talked about this, of course, off the air. We want to be honest, and uh, you've said this a lot of times, Stephen. If we have positive emails, of course, we're going to read those. If we have negative emails, we're absolutely going to read those as well because we we don't necessarily invite the criticism, but we accept the criticism and we're honest about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that. One thing I've learned over the years by doing this show is that being honest is the only way, being real is the only way, and it's the only way we're ever going to get people to take us seriously. And what I mean by that is that I want people to listen, knowing that the opinions they're getting from us are our opinions. Now, I'm not saying we'll always agree, but like a good friendship, and I think that's what we have with our audience and our listener, is that you know our, our honesty is something that we will sometimes disagree on, because you might have a different view on it, and so will I. But that's okay. That's absolutely fine. Um, I think the, the issue I come up with and come back to a lot with this is that there are so few resources, so few people to talk to that, you know, it, it's quite difficult to get uh, an answer to a very simple question sometimes regarding accessible tech, especially specialist technology. Um, and that's where we can all sort of come together on this. So, you know, I, I like this. This feels that like we're all finally getting together on this and, um, you know, putting putting the past behind and saying, do you know what? Yeah, let's let's do this. And Greg's right. He's right to pick me up on things like the Chromebook because he he, he was absolutely bang on. It is a good piece of kit. Um, it's absolute. I mean, in, in a lot of cases, I'm finding I'm going more to Chromebook for things than Oof. I've ever gone to. Yeah, honestly, oh, I think no. the accessibility is well on some. <laughs> Same. Well, I'll give you one website. I'll tell you one WordPress. Um, I absolutely, I find WordPress on the Mac an absolute nightmare. Doesn't work with Safari. Just putting that out there. So WordPress, come on, guys, fix that. Um, and you've got on the oh, no. PC, you've got. I mean, it's it works with Jaws, but you know, Tim and, and I have had a few issues along the way, um, especially with this new editor they've brought on. Yes, for classic mode. Classic mode. <laughs> well, no, well, no, no. It's the it's the new editor, isn't it? The project. That's what Gutenberg. I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Forget the new Gutenberg. Yeah, Go to classic mode. That, that's that's my opinion. But no, I agree. It's I agree. fine. It's all fine. User error. I, I have absolutely no problem. No, with do it. you know what it is? It's because you're still using your eyes. That's your problem, priest. It's because I don't ever post up any articles on it, so it's easy. <laughs> you don't post any articles, and you're still loving Android. <laughs> but not no, to throw I, I, I think this is okay. 
You want to throw yourself under? <laughs> you go for it. <laughs> exactly right. But no, these are great points. And especially when it comes to specialist tech, it's not that we collectively don't like specialist tech. It's not that we don't feel that it has Sean a place. Doesn't. Heck, re- uh, well, Sean, yeah, Sean <laughs> it's a lie. curmudgeonly in his own way. <laughs> you don't like but, it. Um, I can't afford any of it. That's why I don't like it. <laughs> Well, that's part of it. But no, but even even recently when we talked about, you know, K1000 from Kurzweil and, and we've talked about other specialist tech, it absolutely has a place and, and I'm glad to talk about it. It's just that so many mainstream companies, as, as we've talked about already in this show and we will going in later into the show, so many mainstream companies are getting into accessibility and there has to be an honest debate about where specialist tech fits into this. Don't you think so, Sean? Yeah, exactly. I couldn't agree more. And and Greg got back to us about that Voice Dream Scanner versus Kurtz file uh, piece that Stephen did. And he did point out that specialist software like Kurtz file 1000 does have these extra features, the despeckling and the other features that it had, um, that does rise it above and may be um, really useful to some people. Um, so he's absolutely right. But the point and where I'm coming from is that I was making a little joke earlier about, you know, I can't afford this specialist tech. And to be honest, that's absolutely true. And where we're at at the moment is that mainstream tech can take on a lot of the tasks that specialist tech used to in the past. And it can help a lot of people. But there's no getting away from, look, Greg has the background. He's worked in the industry. And the times that he has picked us up, he's been right. But because we're coming at this all using technology in different ways and having different experiences of technology and different eye conditions in our case, then uh, obviously we're going to have disagreements about certain viewpoints. I think it runs a little bit deeper as well. I think the the comment that you made there, Greg, about, um, you know, a lot of work has gone into fighting for this uh, and and fighting for more accessible technology. And I think that's the bit that maybe we forget. You know, we, we're we're on the land of milk and honey here. You know, we've got so much tech available. We kind of forget the days when things weren't as accessible. Absolutely, uh, and we're not talking that long ago either. So you know, and we're still not fully there. But you know, it's funny. I'll get really irked about audio description and why I can't get it on this device and why I have to wait for three months to get a whatever. And it's just. I guess I, I, I totally understand that point of view, Greg, but it's, you know, actually, yeah, huge fight here. So I can understand why you're, you're keen to, to push this, and you're absolutely right to. Um, look, do you want another email? Yeah, Stephen, you got another email there for us? Aaron Linson has been in touch, um, and he says, Hi, Double Tap Canada crew. He says, Sean. Oh, hello, Aaron. Uh-oh. I had an iPhone <laughs> X, sorry, 10, for a year. He said, I recently sold the thing and got a Pixel 3. <gasps> oh, well done, sir. That's it. You're speaking for the masses now, Sean. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Aaron says, I can't say how, but what I can say is I love it. Android, when it comes to pairing with a Windows computer, is so much better. You're right that there are lots of apps that will replace their iOS counterparts, such as Lookout, Speak, uh, KNFB Reader, Ira, and many more. What I have found amazing is the the ability and flexibility that Android gives me as a user. Need to log in on a new computer with my Microsoft account? Awesome. Pull out my phone and grant access right from the phone. Need to change my email password? Great. Google asks me if it's me and I tap yes. No fussing around with iOS limitations at all. TalkBack is a great screen reader and, in my opinion, a bit too responsive at times. I feel like I'm typing on ice sometimes, the way my finger moves across the keyboard so fast. (laughs) TalkBack is keeping pace and right there with me. 
I will never go back to an iPhone or iOS again. Armed with my Surface Pro 6 and my Pixel 3, I can accomplish any task set before me. Oh, well, there you go. He said everything that I've experienced. I'll be honest. I'm just... Well, maybe I won't go that far. Um, but <laughs> Oh, no. You're not sliding, are you? No, well, <laughs> sliding like the uh, over-responsive keyboard. Ice, yeah. Yes, but no, I, I just I was so impressed when I just turned on the phone and was able to go through setup so easily. And the keyboard, which has always been a massive problem for me on Android, was so responsive. And I just haven't come across any issues. Now... When you mentioned the responsiveness of the system, though, that is one slight problem where I do think it needs tightening up because sometimes I need to repeat gestures quite a few times to get them to register. Now, that could be just me getting used to the way to use it because I'm still only relatively new to this. So maybe that will come with time. Maybe it's the I'm so used to how I do my voiceover gestures. But when it comes to accessibility, when it comes to the apps, it's great. I've got to say, it's as we said last time, it's just it's on a level. It's definitely another option to go. We're not just down to iPhone. iPhone has the best accessibility anymore. You can even Talk, see but, it. No, well, Ooh, I, he's turned away from my phone. You can't I even can't say even, it I can't even can't spit to that say word it. out. But look, wow. I, at the end of the day, I, I'm not going to throw away um, iOS either because there are apps on there that I think are great that you just can't get on Android. And both systems have their pluses and, and minuses. Um, but Android for me has just now become, especially with the affordability of the devices, the accessibility is just great. Well, I have to say, as some people know, each and every Thursday morning, one of us goes on live from Studio 5 here on AMI to preview the show. And last week when I was on the morning show with Mike and Joita, and I mentioned your newfound love for Android, Sean, and I talked about how you feel it's on par and all these things you can do with it. And you're just so you know fascinated and impressed and on all these things. I could feel Joita's just disgust coming through my speakers. I could just feel her deceiving going, are you kidding me? What is he saying? This is awful. So there, there still are those uh, naysayers out there, but I hate to admit it this last couple of weeks that you've talked to us about this and the, and some of the workarounds you found to create shortcuts and things like that. I, I'm, I'm not willing yet to say that it's the same or better, but I think it is close to on par, it sounds like it at least. Yeah, it really is. And listen, I was one of those naysayers three weeks ago, so I totally understand it. And let's be honest, Android has had its problems in the past. That's why it has had this reputation for, let's say, dodgy accessibility. Um, But all I can say is that I've been using it as my main device exclusively for a few weeks now, and... I haven't come across any serious accessibility issues. Yes, I still come across um, frustration now and again where, you know, how how do I do it on here when I used to do it on the uh, iPhone in a different way? But that's purely down to me. That's nothing to do with TalkBack or Android itself. So, look, at the end of the day, I'm not going to say iOS is worse or better and TalkBack is worse or better. It's just that we now have another viable, accessible option. And that's amazing. Yeah, and if this had even been you know, five years ago, heck, not even three years ago, we wouldn't be having this conversation, would we, Stephen? No, definitely not. I, mean, I think 
Android, to me, has always been a bit behind the curve, and it only recently seems to be picking up pace. Uh, and I'm really glad about that. I think it, it, I don't know what goes on at, at Google, but what I do know is from a, a recent, um, well, I say recent, a conference I was at, I think late last year, um, where I learned, I was really surprised at this, and I think I told you guys this at the time, that Google and Apple work together on accessibility. And I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, hang on a minute, you're, you're always in court suing each other about stuff. What was this about? But no, apparently on this, they work together. And I think that's brilliant, and I think that might be partly why the development has moved on. Um, but, you know, I think also I've heard as well that, you know, Tim Cook as well thinks that accessibility is very much a major part of the company baked into what all in the tech sector should be doing. Uh, so maybe that's where that comes from. I don't know, but I think it's brilliant uh, to to hear that. You know, I, I'm I'm really glad to hear actually Aaron saying that he's using this because I think there's a lot of people who are still dipping their toe. Because at the end of the day, if you sign up to a contract, you're stuck with that device. What if it doesn't work for you? Yeah. Um, so if you're hearing us saying, "Look, you know what? This could work for you. There's no reason why it shouldn't work for you." Um, I mean, put it this way, and I know we've said this before, but just I'll say it one more time. If you are going out to get a new phone and you've never used an iPhone before, you've never used an Android, you're looking to start somewhere, and maybe you can only afford to get the Pixel 3a, for example, um, then you're going to get a great phone. You're going to get a fully accessible device. And there's no reason why you would need to go and buy a very expensive iPhone. So anyway, I just want to finish on this one comment that Aaron leaves for us on the email. He says, uh, by the way, I think Tim needs to run the show more. I'm getting tired of hearing Stephen's voice, and I am sure both Tim and Sean are as well. <laughs> Joking, or am I? Best Aaron Linson. I ruined what's left of my vision to read that email, Aaron. Thanks for that. Aww, Aaron's my yes. new favourite listener. Aaron is my new favorite listener, friend of the show, Aaron Linson, friend of Life After Blindness as well. Uh, oh, so, yes, thank you, spoiling. Aaron, for putting that in. But, uh, well, that's why I – well, one of the reasons I got thrown into the big boy chair this week. Uh, Stephen just uh, – I don't know. Stephen just lazy or what? What happened here? Uh, no, I, I just think, you know what? It's, this is a gift that I like to share. Um, and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a sharing guy. Also, I'm, I'm pretty lazy. I thought it was just Tim complaining and whining on the last show that I had wasn't to do complaining it. and whining. <laughs> play but that you know, back. Look, you you look, can't prove it. There's nothing out there you can prove. If it. there was only some way we could play the show back. That said, I was going to bring that up, Stephen, because do we have any news about our show? Because we've had requests asking about our podcast. Yeah, well, it's fixed. Yeah, you should be able to listen to. You get a double episode this week, aren't you? Because uh, you get eighty-two. As well on the podcast, uh, apparently someone didn't press a button uh, somewhere. It wasn't us. It was nothing to do with us. <gasps> wasn't us. It wasn't me. No, nope. 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 I think someone else. Someone <laughs> okay. else did it. Uh, a big boy did it and ran away. Um, so it's all fixed now, and it's all good. Is one of those sighted people. You said that. Yes. I couldn't <laughs> wow. possibly comment, but yes. Right. Um, anyway. You won't be hosting anytime soon, but yes. Uh, if you did listen on the radio or on AMI at all, you did hear us, thankfully, but just not the podcast. But it is there now. Well, you'll have it before you hear this one, hopefully. So you, you'll be excited to hear all this. Uh, listen, I know I'm, I'm not hosting this week, but I am just giving you a warning, Tim. A time warning, that is. It sounded like I was giving you some kind of threat. Um, making a threat to you. No, I'm just saying time uh, for a break, perhaps. Just saying. Mm, yes, thank you for that, Stephen Scott. Yes, we are coming up on a break, so please stay tuned with us uh, with Tim's Bits and more news coming up right after this on Double Tap Canada. Double Tap Canada. Double Tap Canada. 
Welcome back to Double Tap Canada. Yes, it's me. We're all changing around here. But it's time for that feature that we all hate, not because of its content, just because of the name. It's time for Tim's Bits. That's right. It's time for another edition of Tim's Bits. And this week, I'll be talking about single ear or mono Bluetooth devices. I'll be reviewing three separate Bluetooth devices, one at a lower cost, one at a mid to high range cost, and one at a much higher cost. Let's begin with the least expensive of these devices, and that would be the Plantronics M500. Now, as many people know, I've been a big fan of the Plantronics M series for a very long time. I started off with the M50, the M55, and then the M165. The M500 is the latest in this series of Bluetooth devices. Coming in at approximately $50 Canadian and about $40 in the US, the Plantronics 500 comes with a detachable hook that you can attach to the device to wear on either your left or right ear, as well as a silicone piece to fit snugly with inside your ear. There is an easy to feel slider switch to turn the device on and off, and it is easy to pair by just holding in the main button on the back of the device. Everything from setup to volume control to battery indicator is all self-voicing. You can also answer and decline phone calls using your voice. With a range of a little over 9 meters or 30 feet and battery life that lasts approximately 7 hours, the M500 is really good for listening to audiobooks and podcasts, but where I think it really shines is when you are just generally navigating your smartphone. There is very little, if any, lag from touch of the screen to what you hear in the device when using voiceover or talkback. For anyone willing to spend a bit more money for audio quality and durability, as well as have a device that is certified to be used with Skype Pro and Microsoft Link, I recommend the Sennheiser UCML. At a price of approximately $168 Canadian, $118 US, the Sennheiser UCML could be used as your everyday Bluetooth device, but it really shines when it comes to using it on your computer for voice communication using programs like Skype. Like the Plantronics M500, pairing is simple, the controls are easy and self-voicing, but the Sennheiser UCML offers up to 10 hours of battery life on a single charge. And finally, we come to the highest priced recommendation on my list, and that's the Bose SoundSport Free Bluetooth headset. Unfortunately, the name doesn't mean that it is a free Bluetooth device. What it means is that it is free of a headband either on top or behind your head. Coming in at a price of approximately $249 Canadian, about $199 US, the Bose SoundSport Free technically is not a single ear Bluetooth, but it has the capability. It is a stereo Bluetooth, but you can just use one ear at a time. And of course, the Bose quality is there with better noise cancelling than the Plantronics or the Sennheiser, and of course, much better audio quality than either of those as well. All in all, I really like all three of these devices and would recommend any of them depending on your budget and use case. So what are your thoughts on these Bluetooth devices? Do you have a comment or a question for a future edition of Tim's Bits? Please send emails to feedback at ami.ca and be sure to put Tim's Bits in the subject line.
Well, thank you for that, Tim. Another uh, series of bits available from Tim there. That was rather interesting, actually. Um, not that the other ones aren't. You're welcome. But, uh, you know. Anyway, <laughs> uh, right, moving on. Uh, Sean, you've been uh, getting your apps out, I believe. No. <laughs> Is it a bird? Is it a plane? Is it a person? Is it, is that a door? Is that a toilet? And where's my bag? If only there was some way to find out. Well, don't worry, visually impaired person, because now there is. Yes, it's time to don the red underpants and grab your Android smartphone, because here's... Super Sense! Okay, stop that. Of course it doesn't give you superpowers, but with a name like that, what other intro could I have done? SuperSense is a brand new app that allows you to locate everyday objects in real time using your phone. It uses that there fancy artificial intelligence and object recognition to find things like doors, cats or dogs, sinks, toilets, people, chairs... Anything, really. There's a wide range of objects it can detect. And best of all, you don't need an internet connection. So, that's what it does. I'll be testing this using a Pixel 3 running Android Q Beta 3. Let's see what it can do. Or hear what it can do. You know what I mean. Okie dokie, so I've got my Android phone here and I'm going to double tap on SuperSense to launch the app. SuperSense. Person. SuperSense. So, as you heard, when you open SuperSense, the very first item you land on is person. Now, what's that? Well, we know what a person is, but in this case, it's the first item in a list of objects that you can choose and tell SuperSense, this is what I want to look for. So, if I double-tapped right now... Person, I am looking for person. Please scan around. It's now using the rear camera of the phone to scan the area and detect the object that I selected. In this case, a person. So obviously, currently the rear camera is looking away from me, but if I slowly start to turn the phone around... Person. Person. Phew, I am a person, yes. So the camera is now facing me, and as you heard, the app will start to beep and announce that it's found a person. A person is in front of the rear camera of your phone, which could be really helpful for us. I know personally I've been at a reception desk, maybe in a hotel or a doctor's surgery, and you never know if there's actually anyone there. And you've got to do that lonely blind man call of, hello, is anybody there? It's it's uncomfortable and awkward, whereas if you use this app, at least you would know if there was someone there and what direction they're at. So it could be useful in that sort of situation. And of course, a person is only one object in this list of objects that SuperSense can find. Another common situation I often find myself in is that GPS apps can get me to a building, but how do you find the door to get into it? Well, you could use this app to do just that. It would tell you which direction the door was and when it was in front of you. And basically, that is SuperSense. Thank you, good night. What, you want more? Okay, so let's go into a little bit more detail and take a look at the screen layout. 
So let's start in the top left corner of the screen. You'll find menu button. The menu button, and currently there's not that many options in here to play around with. You can turn off various announcements or the beeping or the vibration and send feedback, but that's about it. Let's swipe to the right with one finger to move to the next item, which is... Flashlight auto. Hmm, what can this do? Well, obviously you can choose to turn the flashlight on the back of your phone either on, off or set to auto, which is the default. If the app thinks that it's too dark in the environment you're in, it will automatically turn on the flashlight, which is probably for the best. Let's swipe to the right again. Selected. Locate. Select to locate a specific object. Ooh, finally, something interesting. Okay, so there's actually two different ways in which you can use SuperSense. There's two modes, if you like. Locate or Explore. By default, when you first open the app, you'll be in the locate mode, which is what we're in right now, where you need to tell it what object you want it to find. But I can change it to explore mode. Let me just swipe to the right with one finger to go to the next item. Explore. Select to explore what is around. If I double tap on the explore button, it will change, obviously, to explore mode. So now, rather than just letting me know when it locates a specific object that I chose, it will shout out any object it recognises, whether it be a person, a door, a cat, or a backpack. So let's give it a quick go now. I'm in the studio, so I'm not entirely sure if there's anything of interest in here, but let's have an explore. I'm going to double tap on the explore button to switch to explore mode, and then swipe to the right and double tap on the start button to, um, start. Here we go. Start button. Stop. I am exploring environment. Please scan around. Right now I'm facing the worktop right in front of me. Mouse. TV. Keyboard. Wow, that's pretty impressive actually. Yeah, so my monitor, my keyboard and a mouse, which I don't use, but it's there. Let me swivel around in my chair and we'll move to the left anti-clockwise. Bottle. Keyboard. Stairs. Hmm, I don't think there's any stairs in here. At least I've never found them. Um, but there is a water bottle on the desk and another keyboard, so that's spot on. Uh, I think it's getting a little confused with the acoustic tiles that are on the walls in the studio. They are a wavy pattern, and I think it's getting confused and, and recognising stairs. So I will give it a pass on that one, but let's continue swivelling to the left. Suitcase. Backpack. Yes, again, spot on. There's a backpack on the floor with a million audio cables in it, but let's keep moving around. Door. Yes, and finally, the door out of this place. So that was pretty impressive, I've got to say. But to be honest, the studio here is pretty bare and sparse. There's not a lot of furniture or other objects for it to get confused with. When I did try this app out in my living room in my house... It did give me quite a few random false objects, such as a sink or a person, which at the time I was testing it out, I hope wasn't in the living room, but hey, who knows? But the point I'm trying to make is, just like every other object recognition app that I've tried so far, you can't rely on it 100% to give you a totally accurate description of objects in the room that you're currently in. And again, this isn't just a fault of SuperSense. This is something that I've seen in every object recognition app I've tried so far. It's just the level we're currently at with this sort of technology. And despite this, it doesn't mean, as in the examples I gave earlier, this app or object recognition in general can't be incredibly helpful to us. Anywho, that's the explore mode. Now, if I double tap on the stop button and then double tap on the locate button to switch us back to locate mode, 
Let's continue swiping through the screen and see what else is here. Explore. Select to explore what is around. Yeah, yeah, we've done that already. Okay, swipe again. Person. And now here's the list of all the objects you can ask SuperSense to look for, which is where we started when we first opened this app all that time ago. But let's quickly swipe through this list to see all the objects you can look for. Seat category, seat, chair and more. Door, stairs, trash can, vehicle category, car, bicycle and more. Bathroom category, toilet, sink and more. Kitchen category, microwave, oven and more. Cups and bottles category, cup, wine glass and bottle. Utensils category, fork, knife and more. Bags and accessories category, handbag, backpack and more. Electronics category, TV, laptop and more. Animals category, cat, dog and bird. And that's it. But as you heard, there's quite a few objects in that list. And also there's things like categories, bathroom or kitchen. In which case, if you choose one of those, it will look for items such as, in the case of kitchen, a microwave or an oven. Or in the case of bathroom, a sink or a toilet. If I swipe to the right again, I will get... Search edit box. Where you can actually type in an object you're looking for, such as a cat or a dog. Now, I'm not entirely sure of the usefulness of this with the list of objects just above it, but hey, it's there. And finally, if we swipe right again, you will get... Voice assistant button. Which, I'll be honest, I have no idea what it does. It doesn't allow you to just say the name of the object you're looking for, and it doesn't even seem to work the voice assistant properly. But maybe that's down to the beta version of Android I'm using, so if you know better, let me know. Anyway, that's everything that's in the app, so before I finish, let's have another demo of trying to find an object. Now, just because of sheer luck, and not because I'm always eating, I know that on this desk in front of me, there is a fork. So, let's go through the list of objects in SuperSense and find utensils. Seat category, seat, chair and more. Door, stairs, trash can, vehicle ca bathroom category, kitchen category, cups and bottles, utensils category, fork, knife and more. That's the one I want, so I'm going to double tap and let's search for that fork. That sounds like a game show. I'd watch it. Anyway, let's start looking for that fork just by moving my phone around the top of my desk. Utensils. I am looking for items in utensils category. Please scan around. Okay, just keep scanning, just keep scanning from the left hand of my desk towards the right. And there fork. we go. Bingo. Fork. fork. We found the fork, hurrah! Anyway, let's try something a bit more real life, and I'm going to throw this fork on the floor. I know, I don't care, I break the rules. Okay, so now if I just start moving the phone around, pointing towards the floor. I'm sat on my chair, so I'm probably three foot away from the floor. And no, nothing. I know the general area, actually, the fork was dropped in, obviously, so... It's slightly cheating, but still... No, hang on. Let me use the tried and tested way of finding things by feeling with my feet. Yes, the fork is there. I can feel it now. So let me just point the phone directly over the top. Still about three foot above, though. No, that's a fail. It did not find the fork on the floor. So, there you go. That's super sense. But was it really super? Mm, I'm not entirely convinced on that. As with a lot of these technologies, the potential is amazing. But actually, in real-life use, I'm not entirely sure how useful it is. With a couple of exceptions that I have already mentioned, I did try it actually in real life when trying to find a door to a shop, and it worked well and really did help. 
Also, I think the find a person feature could be useful. But as I just demonstrated before, trying to find some object that you've lost, it doesn't seem great on that. So, you know, I think it's a case of try it and see what you think. And on that, currently at the time of recording, it is a free trial. But sometime in the near future, possibly by the time you're listening to this, SuperSense will be a subscription-based app. And with a possible price of $3.99 US every month, I think you would have to find it very useful to justify that price. But then again, perhaps you will find it incredibly useful for your situation. So definitely download it and give it a try. And thank you for that, Sean. That is Super Sense, available on Android now and coming to iPhone, you say, huh, Sean? Yep, the last I heard was the developer was hoping to release the iOS version sometime this summer, so we'll have to wait and see on that. But look, it could be an incredibly useful app, so it's definitely one I'll keep in my uh, vision folder, you know, the toolkit of various assistive apps that we all have on our phone. Yeah, I've got a blind tools folder, a blind stuff yeah. folder, blind games <laughs> folder. It's all these different blind folders. So yeah, I, I like that something like this is available, especially on Android. We're always talking so much about seeing AI. So to have something like this on Android is is really helpful. Yeah, this is interesting. Uh, and I think a lot of people are going to be so glad that you got that Pixel 3, Sean, because we're finally talking about Android apps. Um, we're changing the world over here. <laughs> exactly. And currently, I'm looking at the Lazarello app. So hopefully that'll be coming soon as well. Ooh, now this is interesting. Ooh. Yes. It is. So this is the Android version of Blind Square. So I've been told, and it does seem very similar. So... I'll be taking a look at that one in the next couple of weeks, I hope. Speaking of the coming weeks, quick programming note. Next week, of course, will be our last show before Apple's WWDC event. <laughs> so make sure to tune in next week for that. If you have any questions or comments about that, email us at feedback at ami.ca. And, uh, can we we'll- tell them, Tim? Can we tell them? Can we, t- can we tell them? Oh, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. And yes, you know what? Since it, well, you think it was your idea, why don't you break the news, Stephen? <laughs> I mean, I think it was my idea. Of course it's my idea. I'm not the one that comes up with any ideas here. Um, have you heard of Tim's Bits? Um, everybody's talking about Tim's Bits. Everyone's <laughs> laughing their heads off. All because of me. Sorry, Tim. Uh, but anyway. But are they laughing uh, with you or at you? Anyway, continue. Oh, who knows? I'm married probably at. Um, but I'm used to it for that reason. Uh, yeah, so we are going to do something rather fun. WWDC, I think, is it 3rd of June kicks off? Correct. 3rd of June, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. That would be 6 UK time. Oh, we don't know what that means. No, it's all all very confusing. Um, But it will be on somewhere near you at some point. Uh, And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to live stream us on our website, on doubletap.online, but also on YouTube and on Facebook and basically anywhere we can get it to. Um, that they don't kick us off, and um, we're going to just talk about the event, and you know we're going to we're going to watch along. We're going to have a bit of a double tap party, and you're all invited. We'll put up everything up on our Twitter feed, and I'm sure AMI will be happy to to retweet that and tell mm. tell everybody about it. But Maybe. yeah, you're all more than welcome. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, three of us basically, maybe some special guests will pop along. <gasps> Tim Cook, if they can be bothered. Yeah, Tim Cook. Yeah, Tim Cook is definitely going to uh, make an appearance of some kind. (laughs) Yeah, that's right, yeah. In cardboard form. Somehow. He'll definitely, he'll make an appearance in the sense that he'll be on stage during the event and he will be be broadcast on our channel. Yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Yes, yes, that's Um, what I was going for. Thank you. 
you've I think, a, sorry, I, I know, I, sometimes you have to explain a joke, it doesn't work. <laughs> no, it doesn't, actually, no. But no, so yes, if you haven't subscribed to us already on social media, Twitter, Facebook, look for us at Double Tap Canada on both, follow the website at doubletap.online, and be sure to, to listen to us when we do our version of commentary during WWDC. So now, guys, we've only got a few minutes left here, so let's see how many of these stories we can cram in before we've got to go. So let's see. There was a, a story about Pixel 3a having some issues, some hardware mm. issues. I don't know how much we want yeah, to get into well, that, really, but but let's just suffice to say, after the Samsung uh, Fold phone issues for the 3a to have some issues, that's not good news. There is, though, I think you guys will find much more interesting, a lot of news surrounding smart home speakers. So uh, uh, the Amazon Echo has a new feature. Bose has made an announcement about Google Assistant. And even Comcast <laughs> is going to help us in our bathroom. So, Sean, you're the big home assistant person. Talk, talk to us about some of these things. Well, the first thing I was I'll... really wondering where that was going. <laughs> it doesn't get I could have picked on you for the bathroom, but I decided not to go there. The first thing I want to talk about is the Samsung Home. Now, that smart speaker was unveiled at their event last year, year before, and we still haven't seen it. The launch has been pushed back and pushed back. But we... what, was, what was that? I don't remember that. It was their own smart speaker, powered by Bixby, the voice assistant that everyone hates, apparently. Oh. But... Dave, <laughs> there's just been a leak of a um, uh, smart, no, hang on, the Samsung Home Mini. So they are definitely going to release a mini version of this yet unreleased uh, Samsung Home. Um, I, I think, to be honest, I think what they'll do is launch the two together. So the, the Samsung Home Mini, um, do we need another voice assistant, especially when it's going to be big speed? Who knows? But it, it did look quite nice as a speaker. So we will wait and see on that. I can hear, I can hear a, a large mass in a babbling brook. What I'm saying is it's dead in the water. Oh, very good. <laughs> but but won't be, what won't be dead in the water, Stephen, is something I'm sure you're excited about, is Bose has announced many of their products, their audio devices, are not only having uh, Siri built in, but will have Google Assistant now built in. I'll be honest, I'm more excited by Siri than I am by Google Assistant. Um, what? I think it's, do you, well, do you know, I think it's because I just, all You're I mad. ever hear is, well, I know, but in this occasion, I think I'm right, because all I ever hear about is, oh, look, our smart speaker's got all this in it as well. I said, oh, whatever. So what? What are you talking okay. about? What, what are, are you, you talking, talking about? You're about? such a big Bose fan. I thought you'd be all excited about this. Oh, well, I, I've already got smart assistants in mind. I've got smart assistants literally coming out of my ears on my Bose headphones. Um, <laughs> so you know, I don't need that. I don't need them in anything else. I've already had. I've tasted the um, uh, liqueur or whatever. It right. Is. Okay. Let's just press Oof. the mute button on Stephen here. The more options we get on whatever smart speakers we've got or Bluetooth speakers we got is fantastic. So we get Google Assistant, you can have Amazon Lady A, or even Siri, although you don't want that. So yeah, it's great. Fantastic. Well done, yes, Bones. It's fantastic. So unmute Stephen and let's <sighs> let's talk about two more things if we can cram them in here. Amazon has announced for their Echo devices the long-awaited guard feature is now available. Basically, this is not a full-fledged home security for your Echo, although it does work with several different types of home security systems, your ring doorbell. And what will happen is it can listen, if you so choose it to, listen for your smoke detectors to go off.
off or glass breaking in your house. And you can set this up either if you are home or if you are leaving just by saying I'm leaving to your device. And if it does detect those sounds, it will notify you uh, with a notification or an alert on your phone and even play you 10 seconds worth of whatever it heard so that you can hear what that was. So this is just a, a little added security for the home. Yep. I love this feature. I think it is brilliant. I think for blind people who either live on their own or live with you know people who are blind as well, um, I think you know, just safety is a big, big thing. This could be great. And having that evidence of something happening could be really, really good. If we ever see it outside the U.S. Oh, oh well, supposedly me. it is coming outside the U.S. It should be available in Canada as well. So we, we shall see. You know, what, guys, this hour goes by so quickly. We're already out of time, which means we don't have time to talk about Comcast making a smart speaker that will monitor our bathroom habits. Oh, oh darn, what a shame. we're out of time. Oh, no way did we miss we're, we're that story. Out of oh. time for that. We'll have to talk about it <laughs> next week, perhaps. So that's the show for this week. I want to thank Stephen for letting me sit in the big chair and joining us this week. Don't get and too comfortable. <laughs> and thank you, Sean, for being here as well. And thanks to all of you. Again, send your emails to feedback at ami.ca. And we'll see you next week on Double Tap Canada. Bye. Bye. Thank you. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.